you are now about to enter the bro zone it's the battle bros podcast with mac and alamo hang on to your butts welcome 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 back everybody what's going on peoples as always this is Alamo, this is Mac, and we are the Battle Bros Podcast. Welcome Battle back. Bro. Welcome back, everybody. What's going on, everybody? Hopefully you had a good week. Glad to see you back. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. If you're coming back, also welcome. Also welcome. Yeah. So let's uh let's get right to this, man. How you been, Alamo? You been doing good, bud? Not bad. Uh, I fixed my water heater, uh, so I'm feeling <laughs> very manly. So, yeah. hey man, it's always good. It's always a good thing when you can go and maybe watch a couple of videos on YouTube and figure out how to do something. You're like, I am all that is man. Ah, man. I did the same thing with my fuel pump in my old car, and I mm. felt like I was unconquerable. Yeah. Yeah, you get those moments, man. You get those moments. Absolutely. So, all right. So this week, uh, if you caught our show last couple of weeks, you've had some cool things going on. Um, we were talking about, um, we did a show on Survivor's Guilt. We did a show on, um, what were the what were the ones before that? Remind me, dude. I'm drawing a blank. Um, we did Survivor's Guilt. We did um, Angry Much. Angry. Um, the, oh my goodness, I'm blanking too. Shoot. Uh, <laughs> I might just have to get our stuff to check it out. It's all good. But we've talked about a multitude of things. So we're going to keep the party going. Um, we are going to talk about something else. And this could not only be applicable to your military uh, career, your military, yes. um, your military identity, but also to people in general. And that topic tonight that we have teased a little while ago on Facebook and the other social media is acceptance. Now, when we talk about acceptance, we're not necessarily meaning accepting of something that may have happened, you know, right. tragedy and we're having to come to terms with that and overcoming the grief and this and the other. We will save that. That is definitely something we could talk about on a future show. Mm -hmm. Well, acceptance is basically fitting in and belonging. Okay. And I'm sure anybody can relate to this topic because it's kind of kind of one of them universal things, you know, it's just kind of everybody can identify with it. So, you know, going off of one of the um, going off of the definition here, social acceptance affects people of all social and age groups. Social acceptance can be defined as tolerating the differences and diversity in others because most people attempt to look and act like others do in order to fit in. And I'm kind of reminded of a story that my dad told me one time. So my dad went to high school. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and my, his older brother was, I think, two or three years ahead of him. So it might have been like with me and my younger brother, I was a senior. And then he was in your class. I, obviously, you know that Alamo, but so mm -hmm. I was just had boom, boom. Then you guys are freshmen at the bottom. I think it was kind of the same deal with my dad and my dad would, you know, remember telling me a story where some guy walked up to him. He's like, you know, you don't walk like your brother. You don't talk like your brother. You, you kind of, 
are you sure you're related kind of thing. And it kind of bugged him for a little bit because he's like, well, I, 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 I want to look like my brother. I want to, I want to be cool like that. And, you know, especially, you know, I remember when I was a freshman in high school, dude, like you just felt like a freaking little fish in an, in an ocean. And you're just like, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody yeah. is to eat me and use me as fish bait, like literally. So, but that also, you know, that same kind of feeling can apply to um, the military. So we're going to talk about that tonight. So, you know, as we, as we talked about, you know, it's basically just being accepting of others from the group and, you know, understanding the diversity and so on and so forth. And why is that important? Well, it's important because it gives you a sense of belonging. I mean, it's, it's never fun being, and there, there's so many movies and there's so many stories where you just see that one kid in high school and he's just kind of sitting off way by himself. Mm-hmm. And all the other people are like, who's that guy? Oh, weirdo loser. And it's first off, it's not cool. Like you, you know, if you're, you would hope and you would pray that people are teaching their kids acceptance and in- inclusion um, because I mean, Holy crap, it's 2021. Like let's, let's stop all the nonsense out there. Yeah. Being, being a turd, being a bull. <clears throat> don't, don't perpetuate that nonsensical crap. So yeah, exactly. And it, yeah. It's also important just to have that sense of belonging and you'll kind of see where we're going with this when we start talking about mm-hmm. that from the military perspective. So um, no, I'm doing it. Hold on a second. All right there, Marco. My bad. Because I'm wearing a polo? <laughs> anyway. So, so we talked about, you know, we, we did mention kind of like what that looks like pre-military high school. High school is one of the most just rough places to try to fit in because you've got all these little oh microcosms and subcultures of high school society. You've got, you know, all the guys that are jocks, whether they play, and then you got those broken down to different groups. You've got the foot guys that played football. You got the guys that played baseball. You got the guys that played basketball. If you're fortunate enough to have like track and field or hockey, you've got those too. I mean, at our high school, we had a bunch of that. We had high school, we had football, we had baseball, we had basketball, we had sol- uh, volleyball, we had softball, we had wrestling, track and field, swimming. I mean, we had a, we had a, we had and still do have a pretty diverse sports program there. Mm-hmm. And then athletes and then you have other things too you have like all this different things you can fit into you know academic wise you have you know the international honor society you have you know the the, the math competition you move off of theta you have the different honor societies for the foreign languages um uh, they had HOSA, which is Health Occupation Students of America they had drama they had you name it I mean and it's really cool because I always told myself if I was going to be a teacher, which I don't know that I have the patience for that anymore. And if, yeah, no. if you're a teacher, <laughs> please understand I am not knocking. You folks deserve every credit and provision and every bit of just pat on the back and a well done and all that stuff. Because let's face it, the last few years have seen just how lucrative and how insane that that stuff can be so yeah i mean this just the last two years i've seen just a slew of how much people can be divided like i mean we're we're looking at right now we're looking at tribalism at its very best um especially with i mean not to get like political or anything but like i mean you that that's what you're seeing right now like people want to fit into a group people want to fit into a niche and 
I, I mean, <clears throat> granted, people do that, but we see now that it's it's essentially not as effective in a society where people were are our people are meant to be individuals within the whole if that makes sense which is how our country is which is how our country was founded and built right and you know and that's that's a conversation this this is something that is another conversation i don't even know if we'll do a show mm-hmm. on it but it's just a, a conversation yeah. it's like we're so as a society we're so quick to label and organize and to categorize something like that's not always necessary you don't have to break yeah. that down People don't have that much. There's a lot of people that don't have that kind of organization in their personal lives. Why do we need it in yeah. our everyday lives kind of thing? So anyway, I digress. But I know just the, the last thing I want to hit on the teachers is like I know a couple of folks that have just been like um, a friend of mine from high school. She's <laughs> Nicole said marching band geek. <laughs> Mike, are the comments up? Oh, <laughs> we're called nerds. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, um, but yeah, that was a whole another microcosm there too. Is you know being a, a being in the music department. You were you know whether you did chorus, whether you did orchestra, whether you did um, whether you did you know symphonic band, marching band, if you did all that stuff, you know, yeah, dancerettes or all even cheerleaders. Like it's 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 all crazy. But real quick, what I was going to say was is like I know of two folks, uh, a friend of mine who I went to high school with. She actually has been a teacher pretty much ever since she got out of high school, went to college, became a teacher, all that stuff. Um, she has said that she's going to be taking a sabbatical just to figure out herself because of all of the stressors, you know, internal to the, to the school system, external of the school system. Like I can only imagine what that looks yeah. like. And there's another <clears throat> person that I've been, uh, that I know where they're just like, I got to figure out what happened. I just lost my vigor and my, my zest for wanting to teach and, you know, all this kind of stuff. So it's like, I get it. It's like to the, to the teacher folks out there, like, I feel you. I really do. Like, you know, you are, have such an awesome responsibility out there and, you know, it's, it's kind of walked on and stamped, stomped on and trampled upon. So it's like, just know that you're not alone. We feel for you and you know, we love you. So we, there are people out there that appreciate you. So anyway, get back to high school. I mean, you have, all these different ways you can fit in. Like, you know, one of the ways that, that Alamo and I fit in is, you know, ended up doing ROTC. That was like, I did that my senior year of high school. And like, that was a good fit for me because it helped me get over some shortfalls that I had as a person, you know, getting up and wanting to talk in front of a class. Like it was funny. Yeah. First Sergeant Spence uh, made me do a class on how to speak in front of a class. And basically what I got good at was just, skimming and scanning over notes and stuff and he went out there and, and gave one of his you know nice oratorical speeches and just was up now what you got to do see and just all this kind of stuff for like 20 minutes and i'm sitting there just furiously going over this stuff and i got good at that and talking in front of a crowd and you know i want to say that i was you know bs my way through something but sometimes yeah just a little bit but well, that, that that brings up a good point too though like because i think about it this like uh... Cause I think about myself, right. When I, when I think about like just certain things, like are, are there certain steps you took to like gain acceptance? Cause I can think of a few off of the top of my head. Like what is, what do you have? Like, do I you, mean, can, can you remember anything off the top of your head? You got to understand dude. When, when I went through, <clears throat> when I went through ROTC, like for that aspect of things, you know, if we're still talking high school for ROTC, mm-hmm. you know, 
a lot of the guys that were in my my class had been in the program all four years. So now it was kind of interesting because they were all in like senior leaders in the battalion. I mean, hell, Gary and Rocky both ended up becoming uh, battalion commander for the first and second half of the year. I remember that, yeah. Because they were uh, graduating the same year you graduated. Yeah, they all graduated yeah. with me. Alderman yeah. did, um, Michelle. Um, so all these people have been in a while. So they're like, you know, not necessarily company officers, but they're like staff, battalion staff level officers. I mean, one of them was a PAO, um, all that kind of jazz. So here I was, I started out my senior year. I made, you know, I got promoted to squad leader pretty quickly. And then second half of the year, I went and went from being a cadet sergeant to a cadet first lieutenant and was made, um, XO under, um, Danner, under Danner for God's sakes. Yeah. 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 So, um, and like, I just, you know, it was, it was interesting too, because like I ended up having to switch homerooms. I was in the same homeroom with some same group of people. No. Teachers are superheroes, Nicole. So I just saw her comment. <laughs> um, yeah. She's, she's one of the good ones, man. I can tell you that for certain. Um, but yeah, I was in the same homeroom with the same group of people for like three years and then uh, three and a half years. And then when I made, uh, company office company XO, they yeah. put me into the ROTC homeroom. So like mm-hmm. that way we could have all like the like you have meetings and stuff in homeroom and whatnot. So I was like that was cool and everything, but I was like oh I miss my friends. But you know I fit yeah. into that group pretty well. I mean I ended up kind of executive officer is not as glamorous as being the the comp the commanding officer the CO or the first mm-hmm. sergeant. They get a lot more of the credit. Um, the XO is kind of like the behind the scenes guy making things work. And there yeah. were times where I had to step up. Like I, I had to, you know, with no practice or no previous experience at all, I had to do a, a whole, you know, company unit inspection and uniform inspection. And I was just like, uh, no, you know, just trying to figure the things out for that, for, for, you know, like in high school when I was in marching band, it was a little bit easier because I was so involved in that program. Um, I had kind of gone up and, and made my, my way up through that. And, um, you know, has a couple of different positions of authority here and there. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> freaking, uh, you know, and it just, you know, getting, you know, the, the parents and all that kind of stuff and other people, you know, um, one of my, my, my best friend to this day, um, you know, we met in sixth grade and then we kind of reconnected back in high school and just have became like the best friends and we've known each other yeah. for 20. I know who's you talking about. 25 to 26 years so yeah she's coming back down here in a little bit so it's like yay so what about you man how did what, what do you talk about for acceptance in in the high um, school sense the uh well for me like i remember like for me it was it was fairly easy it was always get to know everybody around you like don't like i didn't i didn't want to be that guy that i didn't want to be that guy that was like kind of out of the loop and I was always, I was always kind of a weirdo, but like for whatever reason, people just liked me. So I, I never really, uh, what you call it? I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I never. <laughs> you know, it was, we- it was weird because like I, I, you know, I, I think it was my open nature that really is what people actually kind of stuck to. I mean, obviously, I had those people that were kind of like here. Alamo. Um, but that's anywhere you go, though. I mean, if you think yeah. about it, I mean, and we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll get into the into that a little bit when we talk about military stuff. Yeah. But 
but I always, always, it was always conversation for me because I'm a talker. I like to talk. And if, you know, if some way, shape or fashion, I'm not, you know, running my gums, I, you know, I don't know, <laughs> but, um, you know, it was get to know who the people, who the people are around you. So, you know, who to stick to and know how to, you know, kind of, kind of talk to, um, let me ask you this question. We're going to deep dive into the psyche of Alamo here. How much of that would you say came from? So in your senior year of school, you kind of kind of started to trans, transition from being an ROTC and you kind of started to kind of kind of fade off of that and go into more of the drama club and like actually do that kind of stuff. How much of it do you think came from being in thespians and stuff? Um, because to be fair, I mean, that is something you were very, very, very passionate about. You have a gift for that. I mean, hell, yeah. for the folks that don't know me and Alamo, like we sit here and twice a week we have a production meeting and we're just sitting here hamming it up half the time. It's like we don't get nothing done. And the fact <laughs> we put on a podcast is just by the here by the grace of God kind of thing. You yeah. know, it's, yeah. So. That's the reason I asked that question, I'm, you know, because you've always been very passionate about doing that kind of stuff, entertaining, joking, yeah. making people laugh, you know, engaging with people. Absolutely. So yeah. I'm just, what you think about that? Well, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, off the top of my head, I mean, I've done The Crucible when I was in high school. I've done a, com a, a comedy while I was in high school, another drama, whatever, you know, for me, it was... I don't know. I, I guess it was in high school. It was because I, you know, I didn't really. Even back then, I didn't really care too, too much if people liked or disliked me. But I did want to be the kind of guy that, you know, people looked at and were like, oh, yeah, he's pretty cool. That, that Alamo, you know what I mean? Like, it, but it was never like a. It was never like an ego thing. I just didn't. I just I was non-confrontational. You know what I mean? I didn't want to. Yeah, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to be that guy that people would, you know, just get mad at. You know what I mean? <clears throat> sure. You know, you know and mean? it's 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 funny you say that. You know, being you wanted to be cool. Like I knew, you know, when I was coming through high school, like I like outside the people in my my circle of friends and like my class, like especially like the upperclassmen stuff. Like I I kind of knew I wasn't anybody that people would be like oh yeah mac that dude's hilarious and they're like who are you you know like the fact that i had a damn five head when i was in middle school like hey hey football head so there's a long story <laughs> behind that but i i kind of you know it wasn't the fact i was just i was very 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 shy when i was like it took me joining the army to really come out of my shell and my dad's like yeah Holy crap, they created a monster. Like, Jesus. <laughs> he, he, he saw the change immediately. Like, we were working together yeah. one day, and he was in the office washing his hands. And he stepped out of the office away from the sink, and he goes, hey, I wasn't done. I'm like, and I just kind of looked at him very bluntly. I'm like, you stepped away from the sink. You're done, right? And 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 he just goes, geez, I should have sent you to boot camp a long damn time ago. <laughs> just kind of like being the smartest <laughs> And my boss, who at the time was, uh, he was prior service Marine. Mm -hmm. You know, he was just like, you know, he kind of had that look of approval, like, which, you know, whatever. You know, he's, he wasn't a bad dude. He just kind of had his ways. And that's all I need to say on that. But, yeah, but yeah, setting the ways. 
one of the things I always appreciated and kind of circling back to what I was going to say earlier, because I got lost in the mental weeds there. It's like, pew. so mm-hmm. <laughs> I always appreciated. And I wanted to, like, if I was to become a teacher, I would have really liked to have gone into high school because so many, I mean, if you think about the four years in high school that you have so much of who you are and the person you start off in the, in the adult world being, is formulative from your high school career. I mean, just all the stuff you go through. I mean, just from social interactions to having the teachers. I mean, we've mentioned him once. We'll mention him again. You know, uh, Bruce Burnham was Mr. a history teacher. He was, he was amazing. Like he really wanted people to do well. And, and you, and he was always rooting for like the underdog and rooting for you. And he's just like, yeah. you know, he would actually go and follow and track his <laughs> students when they went to college to see that, Okay, yeah, my students when they go, they have a better. You know, remember when I made you write the Cornell style notes where you like fold the page into like a third and two thirds, and you have a little part uh-huh. here. And he yeah, would, you know, all, he would actually go and interact to see what your your GPAs were when you went to school, and like he just cared that much. And the fact that you know he passed away last year is just is it's it, it's a it tragedy. Sucks. It sucks, but at the same time, like no one's here forever. But at the same yeah. time, he was one of those guys who just like, you know, yeah. he was one of the good ones for sure. So we love you, Mister B. We miss you. But um, ooh, ooh, I mean, something I forgot to something I forgot to ask you. What's up? Did um, were there any times that you kind of like really felt like ostracized? Like oh from, yeah, like from a group like because I I can tell you I could tell you one time, but I want to hear what you got to say. Dude, any t- so again, not to like focus on the nerdy side of my high school career, but like anytime you were like you talked about any of the marching band and the football players that come around, they mm-hmm. just had this sense. And one of my really good friends for this whole time, my buddy Kevin, he knows what I'm talking about. Um, Kevin was on the football. He was he started off in in band. He was in the trombone section with me. That's right. I play trombone. Yeah. So you just save all the comments and all the stuff. Then my co-host does it. Out fucking standing. Anyway. Damn ass. So anyway. So like, you know, and and not that it was ever a bad thing, but I just I just noticed like, you know, when the football players around, we just kind of faded into the background a little bit. Because they just had more pull and more more people wanted to, you know, the boosters were much more involved in all that kind of stuff. Not saying that ours weren't, but they just they had, you know, it a lot easier when it came to fundraising or this that, and the other. So yeah. there's that. Um, just my personality probably was a lot of it too. You know, kind of it's and it's always kind of fun working your way up to getting to a point, like especially going from being like when I was just a squad leader in uh, in Company C. And then becoming the XO and just the differences of that, just going and you're now you're actually responsible for, you know, my biggest priority in the first thing in the morning is everybody stands up and they do roll and they, you know, um, you know, uh, they do the, you know, the report or whatnot, you know, seeing who's here, who's not. I'm sitting there scribbling down, you know, absentees and make sure all the numbers all match up. And it's like, it was kind of cool to have that little bit of responsibility, but, um, what was your question again, dude? I just freaking blank, what, man. Like, was there a time where, like, when you felt ostracized? Like, when yeah, you felt ostracized? Like, from my first two years of high school, being an underclassman sucks. Because every, <laughs> all the upperclassmen look at you like a little kid. And then 
unknowingly you do the same thing. You look at yeah. when you're an upperclassman, especially when you're a senior. And like for me, I mean, it was you and my brother Jamie, and um, looking at all these people come in, like you, they look like kids. You, I mean, you know, mind you, most people turn 18 while they're in high school. I did. I turned 18 once I got out of high school. I barely made it in in kindergarten, so I was like <laughs> one of the guys in my class. So don't worry. Um, I graduated much later than that. That's okay. It's all good, man. Don't worry, <laughs> don't worry about it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I don't know why I went into that again. Jeez. Oh, anyway, because like, I know for for high school, I wouldn't say so much in high school, but there's been other points in my life where I felt ostracized. So maybe we'll, yeah. you know, once we hit on those points. What about you? What were you gonna say? Well, for me, like why I minds want to know. There was, <laughs> and, and you know, it's funny. I like I don't even remember the girl's name. I just I don't remember what the hell the issue was. I don't even think she even told me what it was aside from something stupid. Like there was like, there was an entire section of seats with students in it that she basically turned on me. She was sitting on the same room, same side of the room as me, but everybody else on this side was cool with me. Everybody else. Is is this in a class or is this at like in a football class. game? Or, okay. I think it was geometry pretty sure it was geometry class and i was sitting in this row there was this row and then this from my row down this way everybody else was cool with me pretty much everybody else on that side of the room was okay with me i guess they didn't really have issues with me was everyone in this class in the same grade like it was sophomore year or something i think so no i think it was junior junior year okay okay i think it was junior year yeah i think I it was took- junior year See, I took geometry, I think, my sophomore year. Yeah. I did I did algebra one, geometry, algebra two, and then I had analysis of functions. Yeah. Which I really didn't like that class because like I was I and I'm gonna be honest up front and honest with everybody right now. I was I was not the best student in high school. Still not in some respects, but I could have done a lot better if I gave a shit. And I, yeah. I had stridus my halfway through my freshman year. So Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Sicily, raise your hand. It's just like. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, yeah, man. I mean, th- this, this girl, like, fucking looked at me like with a, it was always like with like a seething hate. Like, I was just like, what the fuck is wrong with this girl? But you then know finally, what? Too, to yeah. interject real quick. Yeah, like, yeah, go ahead. There's a lot of people that are not only figuring out the world, but they're figuring themselves out. So there's, it's safe yeah. to say there's some people there that probably are trying to figure out themselves, not only who they are, but who they are up here. So, yeah, I mean, and and that was the thing. It's like I, like because it caught me off guard because it, it, nothing ever came up from her until that day. But I know like pretty much her and everybody behind her were just like you know, fucking hated me. And I remember, I, you know, she said, were they all, were they all females? I, yeah, I think so. But she said something to me and and she went, um, and I was like, or, uh, Oh, I remember. I, okay. She said, could you please shut up? Cause I had like other people. La- it was, it was in between like tests and shit. So nobody was really giving a shit. And, um, she says, uh, could you please shut up? And I was like, the fuck i'm not i'm not talking to you like what's the what's the problem and she's like i just yeah. don't like you and i was like 
Okay, so I'm going to say this, and I'm sorry. I'm going to tell it like it is. Like mm. Certain people in high school, women, like chicks in high school are catty. They have the, oh, there yeah. is the, te- the tendency is there. Okay. And I'm not saying anybody else in thinking guys can be stupid and guys can be really mm-hmm. dumb, but women can be cat catty and all that kind of crap. So let's just call oh, it what yeah. it is. You're in high school. You're young. You're coming up in the world. You don't fucking know nothing and you're stupid. So yeah. moving on. So are. I would say, you know, for high school, it was, there was a lot of that, you know, like just learning where you were, but see, but here, here goes the thing. So you have, I'm going to use the example of the football player. You go to somewhere, you go for, you come from somewhere like Armwood. Let's say you just won a state championship and then you go to college Ah. and you're now a college rookie. You're a freshman Mm -hmm. player on a college team. And guess what? You ain't nobody. You ain't the flea on the rump of a cow. It, don't matter you know you're starting off from scratch all over again and for me you know not having gone to college you know said i went to the military so we're going to caveat kind of buttress that up into the next point is you know you go to high school or uh, i'm sorry we just said that you go to basic training and then from there you know as soon as you get there your drill sergeants hate you they may not (laughs) like i remember getting off that that van coming from from uh from the MEP station on Waters Avenue all the way up to Fort Benning, the guy's like, "If you know it's good for you, you can get off my van right now." And I was like, "Fuck, what did I do?" <laughs> you know, just kind of one of those moments. And then everything there is like, and I thought it was funny because they had a bunch of like privates there. There was like a couple of guys that were E twos and E three privates. Yeah, but they were like on the company staff, pretty much. Yeah. And they're sitting there bossing us around like drill sergeants and stuff. And I'm like, you guys are the same rank as us. Like, what makes you so special? And it's just they've been – We graduated. That's what – Pretty much. That's all it was. was (laughs) Whatnot. So they got stuck in, you know, in that position. They were just, you know, an errand person, an errand boy, errand person, whatever. Um, Or a runner, like, go for – go for this, go for that – and they're just, you know, working for the drill sergeant stuff. And it's like, that's got to suck a little bit at times. But, you know, and mm-hmm. then from there, you go through and you kind of start to, to earn your way up the, the ladder a little bit. You're not so stupid anymore. You're somewhat knowledgeable. You know how to act. And you know the customs and courtesies and the protocols and the different things and all that kind of stuff. So you get out of you graduate basic. Okay, so guess what? You're now part of the Army. Fantastic. But wait, there's more. Now you have to go to AIT. I mean, obviously for us, we were we went to one station unit training. So Yark. Um, you still did 14 weeks, so even though you're an eleven Charlie, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So you, it, it was no different. I mean, it we all wear the blue cord, man. We just would do all, all do our separate training. I get that. You just had I'm sure you probably just went and did other things out in the field to, to for the mortar qualification, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, really about it. We when when it came down to it, we qualified on the eighty ones, we qualified on the sixties, and then that was it. And then I found out I was going to a mortar platoon, not a mortar section, and I got to play with one twenties and then I was like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah, especially when you got like a fireball like this big coming out of the top of the freaking cannon, you know. Of which I had many pictures, and I got to figure out where those suckers are. But 
awesome. So, you know, when we talk, you know, I tell you, I would, I would love to go back and go through basic again now that it's 22 weeks. Just to what all they're doing, man, that would be cool. Like, you see those guys oh, that God, go, back, yeah, yeah, because you know how to play the game now. It would be a little bit harder though, because the army is such a different creature than it was when we were in. Yeah, it's yeah, it's way different, bro. All that different, you know, marksmanship training and stuff, and learn about all the different stuff. Mm-hmm. Plus, coming out with those pinks and greens, I'm I'm just I'm a fan of those uniforms. They're they're, they're fantastic. They look yeah, fun. man. So, <laughs> anyway, so even though you're at a basic training, you go to AIT. Guess what? You're at the bottom of the lung, or a bottom rung again. So mm-hmm. now you're a soldier. So you're slightly, you know, you're not as, you know worthless or useless as you know somebody and i say that in a joking manner i'm not saying it to be harsh or cruel yeah. but you're you know like my buddy our, our friend jose you said they used to have a thing on the subs where they call new guys they call them nubs which is new underway buddy so they're like yeah i'm a new underway buddy and it's like that really stands for non-useful body because this person <laughs> isn't being qualified yet you got to test on that kind of stuff to get certified yep. and rating and that kind of stuff and you're just 20 like, degrees down bubble uh, so <laughs> <laughs> noob <laughs> anyway <laughs> so, yeah so you go to ait and now you're starting off at the bottom of the rung there so you work your way up work your way up work your way up and finally you get to ait hey cool now you're a soldier you've gone through basic and now you're your your MOSQ, your military occupational specialty qualified. You're, you're trained in your job. So now you go to a first unit, and guess what? Right back down at the bottom. Yard. Because now you're the fucking new guy. So I can tell you from my experiences, it was interesting getting in my unit because there wasn't a really a whole lot of that going on because when I joined my unit, um, I I graduated basic in 12 September of 03. So mm-hmm. at that point, my whole battalion had been mobilized and left and was already over in Iraq, Jordan, all that kind of stuff. They were the first conventional troops on the ground breaking the berm from Jordan into Iraq with like 5th Special Forces, um, OGA, CIA, British SAS, no. Alphabet soup. No, uh, that, quick question about that. Like, were when yeah. they when they went over when they when they went over there. Like, how how long were their deployments? Was it like nine months, eight months, or something like that? Then. So, because of the fact that this is when everything first kicked off in Iraq, this was 03. Yeah. They ended up being over there for about eighteen months. <sighs> and so, Ooh, and here's here's they got three months kind of, on me. Yeah. So here's kind of part of part of the reason why was you know. And we'll hit on this again in, in a little bit later in this episode. But you talk about the differences between active duty and reserve slash National Guards. We're just going to put reserve components all together, yep. inclusive. Reserve components. You have all these folks that not only are have a, a military job, but they have a civilian trade. You have guys that were carpenters and electricians and plumbers. And especially with the unit that I was in, a lot of those guys, they found out that like, hey – you got electricians, you got, you know, you got uh, plumbers, you got people that can actually like put up our internet and satellite dish and stuff. Hey, can you guys, can we, you get tasked out to us for a month? Like we need to set up some stuff on our base. So like 
Charlie Company came home, I think, with like five different combat patches. They came home with our unit, which is 53rd Brigade, and then they yeah. came home with four other ones, including 5th Group, including um, 24th, and like some other some other units and whatnot. But like they got they got tasked out quite a bit because they had guys yeah. that could do other stuff. You know, it wasn't just a bunch of grunts that were active duty. They actually had some practical knowledge about, you know, putting up buildings and electrical work and plumbing and carpentry and all that kind of crap. So all the good shit, all the good stuff. So, you know, when I was, you know, so when I joined, those guys were already gone, but we had a lot of new guys coming in as well. So there was just, you know, like the first, five or six months that I was at drill, all we did was go out in the field and we would practice battle drill on alpha, which was squad attack. And that's all we did. Cause we were technically just the rear component. Everybody that had graduated from basic that was coming to our unit or our battalion went into Delta company. And then we all just kind of went there and all that kind of stuff. Once everybody got back though, it kind of changed a little bit because you kind of, I would say we had a little bit more of that traditional stereotypical new guy experience, but not quite yeah. so bad because the guys came back, they were coming back from Iraq and you could tell they were still in their three color DCUs and stuff. And, um, you know, they had come back and unfortunately those guys had gone over there for 18 months, came back and then they got called up for hurricane duty with the national guard. And it's just like, I feel for you guys. That kind of sucks a little bit, but at the same time, you know, it was the platoon that I was in was one, the, the one platoon out of the company that didn't go overseas. The other two platoons went over to Iraq and did all that kind of stuff. And then our company was, or our platoon, excuse me, was just everybody that was like left over and had gone and, and done that kind of stuff. We were all the guys that were, had been home the whole time and stuff. So, yeah. you know, and, I don't remember a whole lot about it, but at the same time, like the guys that we had talked to, they were pretty cool. Like, you know, they didn't come off as being like, you know, like looking down their nose at you and just that kind of stuff. They were, they were pretty, pretty cool, legit, you know, were willing to talk to you. I mean, one of, one of my best friends I made from those guys that came back, um, my buddy, Brian. So, you know, we, uh, we, you know, that's how we got to know each other. You know, I was just a freaking young wet behind the ears pfc when he met me the first time so it's like yeah what about you man so what about when you left um when you left fort benning and went to uh fort lewis right mm-hmm. well when i went well when we let when i think i've mentioned it before when we when i left my unit uh when i left base excuse me to go to my unit um it was it, it was kind of back in that transition period when they were leaving from Mosul to come back to the stateside. Um, this is um, Second Striker Brigade. Second Striker Brigade at the time, first the Twenty Fourth Infantry, Deuce Foe. And that's um, when you were. That's when you wore Second ID patch, right? You wore the, the strawberry patch. Strawberry patch. So Twenty Fifth, not Second ID. I thought at one point you were wearing Second ID. No, it was, it was Deuce Four. It was first to twenty fourth. Okay, so so you, you never you were never with Second Infantry Division. No. Okay, I got that. Confused. They were they were okay. in a complete. They, I mean, they were on the same base, but they were on a completely different side of the base. Yeah. We had one so, side; they had the other. So you were only ever with Twenty Fifth ID and then Three Two Striker Cav. 
Game four. Second, second cavalry regiment out of Vilsic. Yeah, first first battalion, twenty fourth. That's what uh, that's what we were, and then um, so they were coming team? back from Missoula, and then you were right. on your way up to Fort Lewis. Yeah, and then we were on. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, they and when I got to Fort Lewis, there were still guys that were transitioning back. Like there were still guys still coming back from overseas to um, what you call it. Because um, at the time, you know what? Huh? There were guys that were still demobilizing. Right, exactly. Like okay. we had all the freaking, we had all the back units coming out back and all that good stuff, and you know, it, you know, kind kind of like the the last tail end of the of the division just coming back, uh, you know, with all the equipment and all that good stuff because we oh, had to get yeah. all our equipment. Yeah, we had to get all of our equipment out of there and everything. Um, yeah. So a lot of the guys had come back. A lot of the guys, you know, had been on had gone on holiday vacation as well. Um, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And we, um, when I got there, I hadn't really met all of the squad leaders, but for the most part, most of the guys I'd met there when I'd gotten there were all kind of the, well, let's just, let's just be frank. They kind of treated us like shit because it was like, oh, yeah, dumb private. Um, were you in the fuck fuck game Olympics? I luckily, because I somehow, again, this is where I get to know, you know, the whole conversation deal of where I get to know people. Um, I surprisingly did not get many of them played with me. Now, there were times where I would get kind of what you called and it was like, oh, yeah, but by, by the way, here, hold this, hold this private. I was like, yes, Arden. It is a 249 cell. Good. Guess what? You volunteered to clean it. Fuck. I can't. <laughs> shit. Like, like, god damn it. Like, really? Um, games <laughs> are the worst. Yeah. And not. so, you know, it, you know, that's the kind of stupid shit. Like, and again, like I said, because like most of the guys were gone and whatever on block leave and all this good stuff, it was kind of one of those things where there was really nothing for a lot of us to do during the time frame. Yeah. Um, pretty much. I didn't really see most of my platoon staff or anything like that. I didn't see most of them until like around like early January. Um, because during the holidays, I mean, pretty much everybody was still gone. I was, you know, and then I ended up having saved up at that by the end of that year. Like I saved four, I think it was four days specifically so I could come back home and see the family for Christmas or whatever. And then I just, you know, I just, you know, went about my, went about my business. But right. it was, it was interesting, man. It was, it was, it was, um, when I, when I got to first meet my platoon sergeant, um, which wasn't, uh, at the, at the time, Sergeant first class Hodges, who ended up retiring as a first sergeant. But, uh, could I'm you tell that, that first time he met you, like, I'm sure you, you might've been, were you standing in his office or something? Oh yeah. And it, it was, was funny like, too. Cause he's probably, he's probably got your 201 file looking over it. You can just kind of feel he's, pro he's probably imagine he's just sitting there kind of just like giving you the whole. Sizing you up and like, okay, is he going to be squared away? Is he going to be a shit yeah. bag? What's going on here? And 
and that was you know again that's where <laughs> like i just let people do the talking like i i I have a really good gut about people. I'm not going to say that it's 100% foolproof accurate like all the time. But dude, but... You, you you spend enough time talking to people. Like I mean, hell, just with me and you working together in a retail environment, you spend enough time talking to people like you're going to get an idea for Exactly. What makes people tick and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I, you know, like I was it, well, that's another story but yeah, yeah, yeah. And but that yeah, was the thing. Sure. So for the most part, I I didn't really get a lot of the fuck fuck games played on me because specifically for that reason, because I found a way to I'm not gonna say I, I worked the what you call it, but I will say that I let my at a certain point, which we'll get into that later, uh, but I let my kind of jokiness kind of get in the way of things at certain times. Um which kind that. of which kind of hurt me in the end um towards my the end of my time with that first unit but like i said we'll get into that later um but other than that like getting to know the guys and stuff like that like because i mean most of the guys i went to basic with went to the same unit i went to because you know we were a quick uh yeah we were a qrf we were a rapid deployable unit um and when they transitioned us to 3-2 CAV, it remained exactly the same. Uh, first, the 24th Infantry was a rapid deployable unit. 3-2 CAV was a rapid, deploy uh, rapid deployable unit, but they needed it that way because they needed units that could go over there and kick some ass um, in a pretty quick fashion. And there's no vehicles that have better mobility, better freaking what you call it, than uh, the Strikers, man. And I stand to that, stand by that to this day. I feel like you drank the striker Kool-Aid, my man. <laughs> He's like, buy the gallon. <laughs> <laughs> telling you, man, them strikers are the business. But um Yeah, man, really. Like it was um it was interesting getting to getting to know a lot of the guys because because I'm such a conversationalist, you know, and also kind of goofy. I uh I learned which guys are sensitive. I learned which guys really don't give a shit. Um, and I kind of, I, I will, I'm not going to lie. When, my confidence level being boosted after I joined the military and getting all that stuff. Cause obviously everybody gets kind of like, Hmm, huh, I yeah. am the shit. The, you're just like, go ahead. Yeah. Your Fuck chest me. sticks out just a little bit more. You're, yeah. Uh, but for whatever reason, I always stuck to the more outgoing guys because just because I was outgoing at the time, um, and the more shy guys, I you know, I related you know I related to in the fact that, hey, I'm a shy guy too sometimes, me me, um, but yeah man, really you know. So let me kind of interject and, and add something to that. So you know, they're, going they're, back to the whole basic training thing, it was interesting because. Of the four platoons in my basic training company, it was Delta 254. Um, my platoon, which was third platoon, had most of the guys that were going on to um, Airborne and then on to Ranger as well. And I always thought it was funny because there was quite a few of us that were National Guard. My, my buddy uh, Evandro, my buddy Danny, um, my friend Paul. These are all guys that I ended up going overseas with when my yeah. unit deployed. 
And, you know, we're all, we were all National Guardsmen. And these active duty guys, like, yeah, you National Guard guys need to get good at filling up these fucking sandbags. I'm just like, that's kind of a really shitty attitude to have. But, you know, there's a reason kind of why they put people through that is to kind of get that cockiness to the, 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 the tough, you know, exterior, the, the mental fortitude. So you can get shit done when you need to get it done. And I get that, yeah. but at the same time, like, you don't got to be a cockbag either. Like, seriously, like, stop being a, stop wearing your ass hat. Stop but, being a cunt. You know, and it's, and it's funny. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that word. Absolutely. Yep. Holy air, pal. Um, Sorry, I'm sorry. Let me. Sure. And Custer was a pussy. You ain't. <laughs> God damn, Sergeant Major. <laughs> that something makes sense. Sergeant Major Plumley, man, best freaking. I mean, I don't know if he played him to life, but like, I mean, the, the best character. I've heard. I've heard it's pretty close, but anyway, uh, so. You know, with with all that, it's like you just you get that that sense of just the stupidity because you have to have that that male testosterone part of it too. Um, yeah. And it's like I forgot what the other part of that was going to be. Damn it! Oh, so you know, you talked about when when all those guys came home and all that kind of stuff. You know, your 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 unit stayed the same going from you know uh, Deuce Four over to Three Two. So yeah. when when I went over, it was a, um, our battalion. So the whole brigade pretty much deployed a lot of the officers and senior NCOs like E sevens and up. Uh, the mission was to mentor the Afghan army mm, okay. for my unit. We were in the security forces or sec four battalion, and we were just responsible for the physical base security at the different installations around the country. So camp Phoenix, where I was at up in the north, uh, it was Camp Tillman until they changed it to Camp Span because there were like four Camp Tillmans and our mail kept getting messed up. And it's all the different, all the different places all around the country that were responsible yeah. for the internal security of the of the base and whatnot. We and, stayed you know, on like, one camp that was called Camp Striker. <laughs> <laughs> What am I going to do with you, man? Seriously? <laughs> put your lung back in there. In your, put your lung back down your throat. Oh, head. man. But what was like, I, I formed a pretty tight bond with a lot of these guys. So when, when I came back home in 06, the company that I was with, Charlie Company, was in Orlando. And gotcha. they were also co-located with the battalion headquarters armory, which is over there off of Fern Creek Ave and stuff. So it was eventually decided that she, uh, Charlie was going to move up to Ocala, which is like a good hundred miles away, as opposed to like seventy. Mm, okay. I believe they're co- they're co-located with a uh, special forces company in an armory up there in in the eastern part of Ocala. It's actually not far from my uncle's house. So, you know, that would have been cool and everything, but at the same time, like at this point, I had gotten really close and a lot of the guys that I served with were over in Bravo Company, which is over in Sanford. So even though I'm still driving 100 miles of drill, I was like, I'll stay with these guys because I served with them and they're all good dudes and whatnot. So there's, yeah. Now, what was interesting about that, though, is I think the time that I was there, about 
so think about how many how many Joes are in a, a traditional infantry company. You've got maybe three platoons, a headquarters section, four squads per platoon. So you're talking 36 to 40 guys per platoon. So about 135, 140. Gotcha. The time that I was there, what was interesting was there was two things happening. So like I, you know, they were talking to guys about, you know, getting their information and seeing who they could get promoted and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I didn't get, this is, so this is a good example of you asked her about being ostracized. I didn't go to Iraq. I went to Afghanistan. So all these guys that have gone to Iraq, like, Oh, so did you go to Iraq with us? I'm like, no, Sergeant. I went to Afghanistan with the, with the Phoenix four mission. Oh, you didn't go to Iraq at all. You weren't with so-and-so. Never been, sorry. Didn't go at all? No, sergeant. That's a negative. I was in Afghanistan. Okay, yeah, we'll look over your stuff. That's cool. Thanks for coming out. Appreciate it. Next. Hey, did you go to Afghanistan? Did you go to Iraq? Yeah. All right, cool, man. We're going to help you get promoted. And it's just like, aha. Mm. I see what's going on here. Yeah. <clears throat> Some bamboozlery going on here. But not only that, what was also interesting, too, was a third of the guys in my company were prior service Marines. So you had a heavy influence that my company commander, uh, Captain Delaport, was a prior service Marine. My platoon gotcha. sergeant was a was in the Marine Corps. He was in a state platoon uh, sur uh, surveillance and target acquisition, um, uh, risk there, whatnot, whatever they call it. Mm -hmm. No, it's Sun, uh, surveillance target acquisition. So it was like scout sniper type shit. Gotcha. Um, my squad leader wasn't one. Um, my one of my good buddies, Darwin. He he had just come and switched over from active duty Marine Corps to the National Guard, all that kind of stuff. So that was it was interesting there. But on that case, it wasn't so much being ostracized. It was just a different set of like influence and culture, and a lot of like implied things, like you know, coming up. You know, a, a very a Marine thing to say is like when you're coming up behind somebody. An officer, you're not gonna like run ahead of him and turn around and then you know slap a salute and stuff. You just, you know, you'll say "buy your leave, sir," which is just kind of customs and courtesies in Marine Corps, from what I've been told yeah. several times over. But you get uh, definitely kind of felt ostracized, you know, when that 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 sergeant was like, "Oh, did you go to I Iraq?" Nope. Oh, okay. And but uh, to be fair though, those guys were all pretty tight. You know, I'm not I'm not yeah. bad at all. Like. <clears throat> It's just the way that this one person went about it. I was just like, God, you're kind of a douche. Yeah. But and I, I kind of see what you're saying there. Cause like, I kind of felt that same way too. When my platoon sergeant, um, at my platoon sergeant at the time, kind of, there was in, and again, you know, uh, the whole thing of responsibility, everything's your fault. So, um, and you know, there's a lot of truth to that. Um, that's a true fucking story right there, pal. But, uh, you know, I was, you know, th there weren't a lot of times where he caught me when I was being serious, um, which, again, like I said, it's my fault. Um, there weren't a lot of times where he caught me being serious. So there wasn't at a certain point when he was trusting me with certain things, um, when he saw me, when, when when whenever it was that he would catch me, he would find me doing something kind of off the wall or being kind of stupid. It, I guess his trust of me started to go. <laughs> and um, 
you know, where I was at, where, you know, I was doing really well in the platoon. I was getting, you know, I was getting, you know, pretty good. You know, I even, I even lost out on promotion because I thought, because he thought I wasn't, you know, mature enough, mature enough. Um, you know, other guys that, you know, either a weren't P you know, weren't good at PT or anything else. They got their specialist before I did, um, before we even deployed. And I was like, the fuck? Like, so how the hell did that guy? That brings up a good point. Does it bug you when you see guys younger than you or have had less time in the army get promoted over you? Because that ended up happening it, to me, as I had a guy come in. It did. It we, did because the those guys that I'm talking about did have less time in service than I did. They okay. they graduated. They graduated basic. Like I think, like a like a full two months after. Like they they got they got to the unit like in January, whereas I had gotten to the unit back in like fucking November, early December. December. Yeah, I'd gotten to the unit like early December, or was it? Actually, it was right after Thanksgiving. So late November, I had I had gotten to the unit in late November. Those guys didn't graduate until like three, I think, like four weeks later. They ended up getting to the unit like fucking like in early January, like right after the holiday. Yeah. And <clears throat> not for nothing, but like a couple of those guys, they like I said, they all ended up getting promoted before I did. And I was like, I mean, I know, like specifically, there was a time where I screwed up and can't lie we being young and stupid what happened yes yes and no like um i you know how you have the uh the the headsets inside while you're inside the vehicle that have the that have the kevlar have have the kevlar liner and all that stuff and the connectors that go into it right yeah well i didn't there was nothing to kind of tie anything off to it for my uniform and i didn't think about maybe taking it and then just and then like kind of tighten in it so that it didn't yeah, make, so that it make stayed it not so yeah so that it stayed well so it's literally we were, just end to end and it just kind of came undone right we were doing a training exercise and i was the i was the guy in the tc hatch while the driver was down there the guys were dismounted and um they went into a house and cleared it and whatever and blah 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 and again like i said the trust had already been waning at that point well this is when he really lost he when he really lost uh I guess, faith in me. I, you know, told, you know, the driver, I think it was Chua to back up. I told him to back up the vehicle to try and, you know, get us, you know, in a, to a slightly closer position so that the guys can, you know, w- when they're ready, mount up and then freaking we could jip and demount. Well, I freaking, as I turned, I didn't realize that the mic had come had popped loose and by the time i'd realized it we were getting really close to the to the essentially what we what we built up as a small shoot house um and i was like oh shit and i was like because i said chua 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 oh fuck then i had to get down freak i was like chua and he wasn't hearing me because he's right there next to the engine obviously because driver's engines right literally right next to them and as i'm sitting there trying to fuck with the damn thing all of a sudden i just hear because it's made of fucking particle and plywood particle board and plywood luckily 
the guys had already exited that fucking building, but Chua ran the whole damn thing over. Oops. Uh, yeah. But you know what, man? And it happens. Shit happens. Yeah, from that point forward, he all faith was gone. In in and even the explanation I gave him, where I was like, yeah, but you know, Sarden and I, my 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 mic had come loose. I didn't get it. He was well. Why didn't you drop down and say something? I was like, I I did, but before before we even hit the building, before we had a chance to even stop, like Chua already had been hitting the building, like you know, yeah, is what it is. You know, things happen. Things happen yeah. for a reason. So, tis what it is. So kind of going along with that, you know, we were talking about, you know, going to your unit and all that kind of stuff and playing the game. So once, you know, like I talked about going to a different unit because I want to stay with the guys that I had um, served with. Now, while I was overseas, we kind of had uh, about, I want to say eight or nine months through, um, we had, I forget what it was called. My, I think my LT called it the seventh inning stretch or something like that, where we mm-hmm. kind of took a couple of guys and kind of reorganized the platoon a little bit leadership-wise. We put some different guys in charge of different stuff. And I got moved from uh, my, my spot as a machine gunner in the weapon squad, and I got moved over to a regular line squad. So I was coming in, even though like this squad was in – we had four squads in our platoon – and we weapon squad and third squad shared a super B hut together. So these guys were literally like right down the hall kind of thing. Even though we knew these guys, it was weird because I'm coming in as a new guy, even though we'd been overseas at the same time and they had their own little ways of doing things and this, and that, and the other. And I was just like, you know, it was kind of weird because like, here I am, you know, I, uh, I'm coming into this group and all these other guys just look at me like, Oh, Hey, what's going on? Yeah. So it was, I can definitely understand, like, especially if you have to like switch units and stuff, even like different squads inside of a platoon or a different platoon in a company. I mean, you just got that whole kind of a group identity that you have to reacquire and just change to because of, you know, switching all that kind of stuff. So I, I yeah. totally, get it, you know, I think I switched squads like, maybe twice i don't think it was more than that i think i went from and obviously because we're mortar team i went from i think i went from two gun to three gun to one gun which essentially is you know obviously first squad second squad third squad um Okay, so, so like the different, so I, the different gun teams for the mortar tubes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, I kind of, yeah, I kind of just switched around. Um, because I think I was originally in two gun, which is second squad, and then I went from two gun to three, and then somewhere along the line in Iraq, I went from I'm pretty sure it was three gun to one gun, which was first squad which was dismount. And that's when, that's when I was actually able to like get around and like, and, you know, do some fucking dismount work. It and, was, it was different because you know, I mean, I, for me, I, I was, it was weird. You know, I was a machine gun team leader. I was the 240 gunner. I had an assistant gunner and I had an ammo bearer. 
Yeah. And we should have had a fourth member for anti-armor, but we just didn't have the, the man, the staffing for that. Yeah. So, I, and the weird thing was, is even though I was a machine gunner, I really only just walked around and carried an, an M9 because my 240 a lot of times was just on outside the wire because it was on one of the gun trucks and different yeah. squads would use. So it just kind of get this <clears throat> platoon equipment. Well, when I changed, so you, uh, you, you didn't have M4. I mean, a lot of times, okay, let me, my personal, I, I had two weapons that I had hand receipts for a, a 240 Bravo and an M9. When we were out of the wire, a lot of times we would have one of our guys who was either the T, probably usually the driver, would pass up his M4 up to me, and it would be up in the hatch somewhere. So, like, if things got serious and the gun went down, I could still, you know, start laying hate if I had to. But yeah, um, most times, I mean, I just I carried on me an M9. That's it. So when I was walking around base and stuff, but that changed when I went to the new squad i ended up having an m4 so that was kind of you know a different change of pace which wasn't bad but um it was just it was still different you know but so the last the last not to kind of push along here but we're already over no no you're good but so the last thing and this is something you can really push on and talking about gaining acceptance is um the eternal conflict in battle of nonsensical wits between active duty and reserve components. So, and I can tell you, like, I've I've told this story once before. It's like, I had this guy, I was used to drive for Uber. This guy got in my car, brand new, fresh out of basic. He's going to go up to Fort drum to be with 10th mountain. Yar. And like, at the time, Uber (laughs) had a thing where you could put like, you're a veteran on like your driver profile. So it's just, at least if anything, it's like a conversation starter or some stuff. And this guy's like, oh, yeah, man, you're in the Army, huh? I was like, yeah. I said, I was I was an infantry unit, you know. And he goes, who'd you serve with? I was like, oh, it was an infantry unit here in the, in, the, in the National Guard. I went over to Afghanistan. Oh, he, and he, he just stopped and goes, oh, that's not the real Army. And I just, I was driving. I literally turned around. And I was just like, excuse me? And his buddy is in the front seat. He's in the back seat over on the passenger side. And he's yeah. like, dude start i'm like no no no. i said your friend's entitled to an opinion no matter how wrong and asinine it is i said i'd love to hear this and the guy goes oh you're a you're a weak warrior you're a nasty girl i'm like okay and he goes well you don't have to go to just the army you have all this other you you have all this other stuff you gotta do you go to the field one week in a month i'm like and he goes well that's it i'm like okay so if that's all you got your argument's bunk i said first off you have it easy because you have one job and that's trying to be a soldier whereas i and other people in my job profession and in my situation not only have a military obligation they have a civilian job they might even have to go to school and be a soldier guess what they might even have a fucking family wow wife kids husbands all that kind of stuff you know you never know and like his whole argument was just based on the fact of like this arrogance of active duty. If you serve, you serve, man. Like, let's just get past this, this crap about, oh, who's got the bigger dick, you know, active duty versus National Guard versus this, you know, who cares? Honestly, at this point, who gives a flying fuck? It's yeah. not important. You're doing your part. You're serving your country. That's important. Okay. But the guy's sitting here and I'm just like, and I finally, and this was back when I was not quite so level-headed i was a little bit quicker to say some heated stuff 
I was like, dude, I've got more time in an army shitter than you've got in the army. So shut up. And all yeah. this stuff. So as he goes to get out, I drop him off where they're going. And he gets out of my car and he's trying to like backpedal. And I was like, I wasn't trying to start firing. I'm just like, <clears throat> so his friend's like, listen, I'm sorry. I'm like, dude, he just needed to have his ass broken a little bit. Like he's young and he's cocky and that's fine. But one of these days you just got to stay humble. That is the yeah. biggest thing, biggest lesson I've learned in my adult life is being <clears throat> humble on so many levels. And that's important. So, Oh yeah. No, being humble is being humble is incredibly important. And, and I had to learn that one the hard way. So what was um, transition to your, you went from active duty to transition to reserve unit. Well, first things first, I didn't I didn't go to the reserves immediately. I actually had kind of like a I think it was like a four uh, I'm trying to think. Cuz I got back that February. Um I probably had like a maybe a 6 or 7 month stint where I just got so fucking bored with life. Um I said, "You know what? I can't do this. I got to do something." So I said, "You know what?" I'm going to rejoin the military. I'm going to go uh, reserves. And uh, I said, you know, I'm gonna, maybe I'll just try and do a different job. <clears throat> Which, um, funny story, when I got to that unit, like nobody was there. So my first drill was literally me helping squad leaders and whatnot, like, like just sort out like all the stuff because – that unit, go figure, had literally just gotten back probably, I think, what? What was it? Uh, they had just gotten back. You gotta tell me. Huh? You gotta tell me. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm having a brain fart. Yeah. No, you're good. No, they had probably just gotten back like probably, a, what, like probably six or seven months before. So there really wasn't a lot going on at the unit. So that was a new experience trying to figure like my first drill was literally, Oh yeah. Did you get uniforms? No. All right. Go see uh Sergeant so-and-so he'll get you uniforms. Okay. So I went and got my uniforms, got everything that I needed, came back. Uh, Hey, you got uniforms? Yes, yeah, Sergeant. All right. Uh, go put them you on. Gear. You got field gear. Yeah. 50. Yeah, so literally day one, it was all just getting all my shit, getting all of my fucking gear, my fucking rucksack, all that shit, fucking getting it oh, together. Yeah. And then I had to put it in the car, throw on a uniform, and then fucking the next day, it was, uh, oh yeah, duh. you get a, you get issue a weapon yet? No, it's hard. Hey, uh... Come get a come uh, come to armory get a M4 M9. Okay. So I never asked you this, and I was I was curious. So you had about a six seventh month break in service from going active duty till you went yes. and re rejoined into the reserves. Mm -hmm. Did you want to go MP, or was it just something that was open where you're like, eh, I'll try it, or what was the kind of the fruition? What was the the, the train of thought? <laughs> A little bit of both. It was a little bit of, you know what, I want to try something different. I want to see what it's like, you know, on this side. And maybe having a little bit of fucking MP experience will help me, you know, do something different in the civilian world. I don't know. 
you know, that, that's kind of how I was treating it. Um, and I just, that's, that's what I did. I just went for it. Um, it didn't go nowhere because, you know, fucking training sergeant was a fucking ass. But, um, you know, it, it, I feel like there's a little bit of pent up angst there. It's a little bit. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, once we stay. <laughs> Once, uh, once the unit really started getting back and running into gear or whatever, and we started getting into training exercises and doing a whole bunch of training and things like that, like that, it was funny. Like the 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 leadership there really started to treat me a lot. I feel like they they treated me they 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 respected me a little bit more even with my goofiness. Like you were an uh, asset to all these younger guys coming in. Exactly. Especially once once they saw that we had a bunch, like, because we there was a lot of green. Um, I would say probably sixty five ish percent of the unit strength was all fucking green. Like everybody, like, was either just fresh out of basic or you know whatever. And a lot of them were looking to me. Like a lot of the leadership were looking at me. Like, oh yeah, Alamo. Um, you uh, you you deployed right? Where where'd you go? I uh. Well, Sergeant, I, I went to Iraq, deployed with, you know, 3-2 Cav, you know, did a combat tour there, came back and da 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 Oh, so you got CIB. I was like, it, I was like, yes, I, I got CIB, Sergeant, yes. They're like, oh, outstanding. Good. You could treat, you could tra- you could train the, you know, you could train Joe on, you know, all this other stuff. And I was like, okay. So there was a lot of times where I, I was actually assisting tra- in, in training and things like that, like. You know, doing I'm up, he sees me, I'm down type stuff. Doing fucking house clearing. Um, Basic stuff. Yeah. Just, you know, training them up and especially training them up on firearms. Like, I actually helped out. Like, you got to train them up. They're real green. <laughs> real green. Got to train them up. Yeah. <laughs> you think about getting you one of those M16s? Uh Lots of plastic. Feels like a BB gun to me. Um. So anyway, th- but uh, <laughs> think, think I'll think I'll stick to my pistol. Uh, if I need one, pistol. if I need an M16, there'll be plenty of them laying around. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. It's yeah. so quotable. It's amazing. It's so quotable. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and you know, I was out there on the range too. Like when we, when you know when we'd be on the firing range and shit. Like I'd help people zero in their rifles. Fucking, I helped fucking. A couple, I, and I found out I had a knack for teaching then, which surprised me. I didn't know I could actually teach a motherfucker, but I found out because of the reserve that I could teach people. Um, and that's and there's a lot to be said for that. There's that's not something everybody can do, you know. Yeah, I I find I find a big issue with that expression. Those who can't teach, now you need to have somebody that's that knows what they're talking about and is passionate about it, like. Yeah. Getting in getting into the training side of firearm stuff in the past few years has been just a wonderful experience and I absolutely love to do it yeah. every single day. Excuse me. And it was awesome too, because like, you know, I, I helped a bunch of freaking people fucking learning their stance and teaching them why certain stances were, you know, correct and why they needed to be the way they were. And they needless to say, I tra- I trained quite a few soldiers while I was there because I had the combat experience. You know what I mean? Even though I, even though I personally believe my combat experience was worth dick, but (laughs) you know, 
it is what it is. Um, I guess. But you know, it 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 was it was it was it was a good feeling going from a platoon where you know I was looked at as a hindrance to going to a place where I, I was yeah. actually seen more of an asset. Yeah. I think I think for me, you know, it wasn't so much that I was moved into a position. It was one of the, the coolest memories I have. And it was just and it's not even anything special. It was the fact that like um my last squad leader that I had, um he's a first sergeant now. His name is his name's Pletcher. And yeah. he one of the guys that went to uh Iraq and you know Kind of a little bit sh- shorter statured guy, and I'm not saying that to be to be you know negative or anything, you know, just hey, smaller hey, of a guy, but like newest stuff, hey, very hey, smart. Hey. All that kind of I stuff. had a sergeant major that was called Sergeant Major Stump, and that guy was five foot one. Still run his ass off for PT, I bet. <laughs> fucking guy was see- jacked. He yeah. was jacked. I believe it, man. Oh, but anyway, so we're out at Blanding. And uh, Pletcher was like, hey, Mac, do me a favor. Um, he's, and he just throws me his truck keys. He's like, go over to such such place, uh, pick this up, blah, blah, blah. And it had me just pretty much run around. It's like at that point I was kind of, you know, I wasn't exactly – I wasn't exactly one of the younger guys. I was in probably like my late, my late 20s and whatnot. Um, mm. But at the same time um, – I wasn't exactly like one of the new guys. I'd, I, if there's such a thing as you know being like the senior member of the Specfort Mafia, <laughs> eh, maybe I was the senior <laughs> specialist mafioso. So yeah, yeah. No, it was just cool though because it was like even though I wasn't exactly an NCO, he's like, man, you've been here long. I know what's going on, and I just kind of got accepted by some of these guys that have been there for a while. So it was like, all right, cool. You know, it was fantastic. So that's kind of like. That was that was really special, you know. It, it wasn't anything crazy, but it was just it was like, you know, I got treated like one of the you know big boy big boy rules kind of stuff. So got that but, big yeah. boy pants, got the big boy britches on your pal. So jeez, that's. Did you have anything else you want to add before we start closing this out, there, bud? Um, nah. I know we've that last bullet point on there, but I think we've kind of covered a lot of stuff. So yeah, I think, I think yeah the. Yeah, I think we're good. The um, well, as it goes, um, you know, we like that you like we like that you watch the show. We like that you love the show. Um, we like so, that you like the show. So if you want to catch this, 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 us, I had to do that. Sorry. <laughs> if you want to catch it, if you want to catch us on any other platforms, obviously, you can catch us on Spotify on Anchor. Apple you can Podcast. also catch us on Google Podcasts. Um, I believe there was Ranker. Do, 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 do. Let me see. Dude. Needless to say, if you put in Battle Bros Podcast, we've been going on long enough. You'll see our ugly, my ugly oh, yes. fellow over here next to me. On Overcast, Breaker, CastBox, PocketCast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. And also, if you want to throw a dollar into that proverbial tip jar for us. You could do that also over on the Anchor app, as well as throwing a like on every episode that you find, including the Spotify app as well. You can like and share those and share them with your friends. We recommend it and guarantee you will like what you hear. Legitimate question. Are we 
do we have anything up on Patreon yet? Or are we still working on that? I'm still trying to figure it out. Okay. Uh, I, I go on there. I go I on wasn't... there from time to time to check it out, and I'm just like, eh, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I wasn't sure how that worked, but and also just because I actually remember this now, we have an Instagram page, so check us out on the insta as the kids say so indeed you can check us out over on the instagram at at bottle bros underscore podcast uh you can also catch us on the facebook at facebook.com slash battle bros dot podcast um so now that alamo's brought up all the social media stuff you know we're gonna close it out like we normally close it out so um the whole purpose of this podcast is to build a community and part of building that community you know we kind of had to come up with some kind of mantra because let's face it there's days that get you down days that get you just flustered and where you don't feel like you can carry on so damn um, in the process of coming up with this show we created the the battle bros code and it's kind of like this mantra that we've adopted where if things get if things get tough just some little reminders of hey you got this Keep fucking going. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to go over that like we do every time. So the Battle Bros code is this. B, be tenacious. Okay. No matter what happens in life, be tenacious. Do it to the fullest of your ability, whether you're being a parent, whether you're being a soldier, whether you're being a teacher, whether you're being um, somebody that works at a library, whether you're being a postal clerk, do the job to the best of your ability and do it to the utmost at all times. Don't Roger that. Fucking half ass nothing. All right. Just do it the best of your ability. R, refuse to surrender. There are going to be times when things get you down on your luck. Things happen that get you sideways and off course. And, you know, you're sitting there in the woods looking at your azimuth going, I don't know where the fuck I am. Looking at your compass like, uh, you might as well call me LT because I'm lost. Um, Damn it, no LT. Exactly. No matter what happens, just remember, okay, you need to stay on, on course. Hit the OBJ. Do the job. See it through to the end. Don't let things get you confused from all that, okay? Lawyer? Oh, obliterate your obstacles. They're kind of going along with, with R, okay? There's going to be things that happen that are going to stand in your way, okay? Breach that friggin' obstacle. Go through it. Go over it. Go under it. Go around it. Get past it. Continue the mission. Charlie, Mike, cool? Who? Okay. S, this is probably the most important one. Seek out a friend in time of need, okay? There's a lot of times that we go through battles internally that sometimes people don't know about, okay? And that's fine. The most important thing to remember is that we as humans are not supposed to be individuals. We thrive as part of a group, okay? We are social animals. We are pack animals, okay? When that happens, when, to the, when you get to the point of needing help, there is a network out there of people that will help you, whether it's something as simple as calling your old battles, your old battle buddies up from the military and just being like, Hey, you got time to talk, man. I could surely just have somebody, a familiar face, somebody I trust to talk to. There's, you got your friends. Like I know I can call this guy right here anytime I need to. And he's going to pick up the phone and just be like, Hey man, what's going on? You need something? Even if it's two o'clock in the morning, he might not pick up two o'clock in the morning, but he's going to be like, dude, you called earlier. I was asleep. Sorry. What's up? I might because I'm a light sleeper. That's true. So there's always seek out that that friend of timing, whether it's family member, battle buddy, you know, military service member. You never want to go through stuff alone. You don't have to go through stuff alone. Okay. And the biggest thing I I can impress upon other folks is that don't ever try to solve a temporary problem with With a permanent permanent solution. 
that never works. Okay. You deserve to be here. And if obviously we're talking about suicide. Okay. One of the biggest pandemics right now, besides COVID and, you know, opioid addiction, one of the biggest pandemics is the fact that 22 veterans a day commit suicide. Um, yeah. The, the reason for this podcast is, is, is our buddy named jo- our buddy, John, who committed suicide earlier this year. John today, I think would have been 48, I think, was it? I think he said 48. So today would have been John's birthday. He would have been that old man. He never looked it. No, he didn't. He kind of looked like he was, you know. He was still, he looked like he was like in his early, like, or like late 30s, like early 40s. Yeah. But, you know, you could tell he had some miles on him and stuff. But at the same time, like, John was just, you know, John was one of the funniest dudes that I've ever worked with. Like, we had (laughs) so much fun that it should have been illegal that we yeah. had that kind of fun like just his laugh I and everything still can't, i still can't get out of my head that the the story he told me when he fucking stabbed his leg <laughs> no God. i can't get out of my head the story that you and your wife told when he was at the wedding he's like <laughs> oh yeah and he choked nurses <laughs> <laughs> are sitting there going that's not an arm signal yeah my family is just eccentric but that's john though it's fucking great <laughs> love it but anyway, back on, on track here. Chick. Today was John's birthday. And, you know, John had a story that needed to be told. And yeah. unfortunately, you know, he's not here anymore. And that's that's a tragedy because he deserved to be here like everybody else, like you do, like we do. Your story yeah. deserves to be told. You should tell it to other people so that they can enjoy and benefit from knowing you. Okay. So in the event that you need help, reach out to a friend. If you don't have a friend handy, you can always reach out to another resource. Uh what we always use is uh, we always mention the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. The phone number is 1-800-273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. Let's help. Part of this community that we want to break that we want to build is to break down the stigma of call, reaching out for a friend and to say, yeah. "Hey, I need help," and have to go through it alone and resort to some other means of therapy like drugs or alcohol or any of that kind of bullshit okay yeah. reach out to somebody get help and stick around we yeah. want you to stick around right hell so, and, and hell my thing is this too man like what i the things that i want to do with this with our with our with our platform right now because we have so we do have a platform that is uh that is growing um even if it doesn't feel like it and my thing is is i'm trying to eventually you know, full disclosure, I'm trying to get into the part where, into the point where we start doing events where we could go and do, you know, PT days or, you know, rucks, ruck, ruck, you know, runs, whatever, great, all that good, all good stuff, man. Flapped on that, dude. Great you know, care. cause you know, and for all of our, for all of our viewers, listeners out there, if you guys really want to get down on that stuff, if you guys want to, if you guys really support, really want to support us, you know, one of the best things you can do is, is, you know, just kind of, you know, reach out to us when, you know, when, when we're out, you know, um, when it comes to that stuff, cause we're, we want to know what you guys think. We want to know if you guys are willing to do that kind of stuff along with us. Cause we want to do that with you because it helps bring other people along. And we know that when you guys have friends from your units, there's always going to be somebody that's close by somebody that lives near you, bring them with you so that they can tell other people. And the more people we bring in, the more people, the more people we reach. And that's out without when we, when we get outreach, we can include more people and inclusion is a wonderful thing. So damn skippy. 
so on that note we're going to wrap this longer episode up um we've been on here chatting for a while but it kind of feels good to have a good long chat about something so chitty chat we will we will be on next week same time nine o'clock friday nights eastern standard time but first but wait there's there's more so we alamo and i are going to be doing um an event on sunday it is the veterans run which takes place over on the courtney campbell causeway um it is to help bring uh help raise funds for the stano foundation and um if you go on to um uh, you, if you look up the veterans run, you go to like runsignup.com and it'll bring up their stuff. But the Stano Foundation yeah. pretty much is they send a bunch of care packages every quarter over to uh, troops around this, around the world. They're still deployed and whatnot. Um, it's an event I did two years ago with another friend of mine. Uh, Alamo and I have been talking about it and we said, man, let's do this. It's going to be awesome. So um, what we're going to try to do is while we're out there on the course this Sunday, we are going to try to uh, stream live. Um, it'll probably be a little, not quite so serious. We're probably going to be hamming it up a little bit and just being, you know, being a couple of asshats wearing a rucksack, you know, doing a yard, six, six miles and change. So if you, uh, if you're not doing anything Sunday, you know, tune in, watch us, uh, go out and take a little walk in the walk in the world. And is the weather should be gorgeous. It's going to be out. I think it's going to be like between 50 and 55 and 70 degrees outside. I think so. And yeah. It, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. It's oh going to be God. It's going to be <laughs> awesome. It's that time of year where the weather gets just beautiful. Damn so, so um, by all means, check us out. We're going to be going live a few times while we're out there on Sunday. We'd love to, you know, get some feedback from you guys. And you are. Um, we're just going to go out there and just ham it up and, and do something for a worthy cause and, uh, you know, try to bring some outreach and some awareness to our platform so we can help make it get better and, and grow. So we'd love to. Ooh, we've love to got shirts. And we've got shit. So we actually look like professional asshats. We're not yes, just a right. bunch of amateur asshats. We're professional <laughs> looking asshats. So anyway, again, this is, um, we appreciate you guys watching. This is, this has been Mac and Alamo with Battle Bros podcast. This was episode 18 talking about acceptance. And we thank you for joining us. And we hope to see you, if not Sunday next week at our regular time. Until then, uh, we want you all to, to uh, stay safe out there. Try to love one each other as best you can. Know that we love you and we want you to stay around and we will hopefully talk to you guys soon. So on that note, I'll take it easy. Farewell and good night. And we'll see you when we see you. Battle Bros out.